0: couple of things, we, and this might, I don't think we went over last uh, hour, but uh, a couple of things that might push us over by a minute or two, uh, just some announcements, some things I got to keep you informed on so that holiday season, we don't get, it doesn't get crazy. Um, first thing is Lynn outfished me in Florida, yeah, yeah, she, she put a six and a half pounder in the boat, um, mine was six, and she lost a 10 pounder next to the boat. And I don't know if you understand how big of a deal that is with a bass, but that's a big deal. She gets it to the side of the boat. This has nothing to do with the announcement I need to make. I just got to tell somebody. Gets to the side of the boat. <laughs> gets to the side of the boat. She's fishing a spinner reel, and thinks swimming right at her. She's going there. They're just about to spawn on Okeechobee, and um, so this is a big female. And it comes up next, and our guide is saying, "I hope it's a bass. I hope it's a bass. I hope it's a bass." I mean, it. And. Right next to the boat, it kind of bubbles up. You can see the shoulder, not the shoulder, but you know, and, and, and it got off. And she goes, oh, well. And the guide looks at me. I can't use the words he used, but he went, that was double digits. And so he and I were crying for about an hour, Lynn's just fishing. Um, that's the, that is the fish of anyone's lifetime. Anyway, uh, some technical issues going on. Number one, uh, the main church office is 58 degrees. My office between 58 and 65 degrees. Um, we've got power coming in, uh, but the, the three lines that come in, two of them are coming in, and the RTU units, the big heat exchangers, uh, they're trying to spin up, and there's not enough voltage, so yesterday we walked in, and it smelled like an electrical fire. So, we're working on it, but if, if you do come through door A on Monday or Tuesday, when you walk in that door, please don't hold it open, because that draft comes right in, and Kendra and Lori are going to be in coats already. So, otherwise, you're just going to freeze them out. And uh, so, FYI, mine, there's some blown board something, so we'll figure it out. Um, two, uh, we've got some electronic issues with the doors, the uh, limited access doors. And we had a Christmas family Christmas party here on Friday, and they couldn't get in even though the computer told us that the door was unlocked. So, on every door of this building, there is... Um, uh, stenciled, kind of stenciled in uh, Community Reform Church logo, phone numbers. There's an after hours number there. If you call, if you have trouble getting in for some reason, call that after hours number and Matthew, it will ring to Abby, Matthew and me and either we'll get on our phone or our device to try to unlock the door remotely. I'm half a mile away. I'll come over and get you in. Uh, family was throwing snowballs at windows trying to get someone inside to, to, to see and come out and open the door. Um, so that's a glitch going on. You'll notice up here that we have two squares. Oh, nice. I didn't know they had that. Um, now, I did ask them. I, we didn't get back from Florida till late, so I did ask them when they told me about that and they told me to announce it, I asked them if, if I stand still over on the side, can they just use those, can they move those to blank out right here? And they said, even if you stand still, it's not going to work. Um, oh, come on. I worked on that one. <laughs> and now the big one. Um, those of you who are watching us online, uh, you'll probably notice if this is the first time you've done it, you won't notice. It'll be better next week, we hope. Uh, but you've probably noticed some problems with the sound. Uh, I'll give you an example. Last week, uh, my wife and me and my dad and my stepmom and her dad were all watching um, worshiping via live stream. And Nate, last week, he had all you guys turn around and wave. Well, my stepmother, it's just kind of hard because you feel like you're there, but you're not. She went. Like, she, cause she wasn't all put together for church. So she thought maybe, maybe we saw. Um, now she, she was dressed, don't get me wrong, but she wasn't, she didn't get her style on, you know. Um, so anyway, uh, so I understand how watching and participating, it's really good. It's very, it's very interactive. Uh, but our mixing board, we mix for the house and we have this audio station where we mix for online, for devices and television screens and that kind of thing. Um, that's broken. So, what you're hearing in the music doesn't sound very good. Those of you who've ever seen a live performance somewhere via the, the internet or via TV and they didn't mix for that, uh, make the sound right. It sounds great in here, it just doesn't sound great where you are. Our apologies. Tolerate us this week. We'll do our best to have it fixed for next week. So, I'm going to offer a prayer. Though I think I got everything. I think we got it. So, uh, sorry about that, but there's just no way of letting the, there's up to two, two to three hundred people that join us weekly online, and we just need to let them know that it'll be better. Um, let's offer a prayer. We'll get started on the message about talking with God. Almighty God, there are people all around this world that are hurting, and Lord, I'm not just saying they have their feelings hurt, I'm not just saying that they're sad, there are people killing one another. There are people dying. There are people who have been betrayed. There are people that, there are people that want to kill in your name. And Lord, it just seems to me there's nothing more evil than doing evil in your name because you're a good, good God. Lord, in our state, in our town, even in this church, there are people that feel betrayed that have been betrayed. There are people that have been wronged. There are people that have died recently and their loved ones are grieving them. There are others that are afraid they're gonna die. There are people waiting, waiting to hear a prognosis or a diagnosis. There are families that are split. There are... Lord, it's just not the way you want it. Speak to us today. Bring peace and chaos. Bring healing and suffering bring mercy to the hearts that are wounded. And Lord, I want to speak your words to your people today. I don't want to speak mine. So this is your message for us. So give me the candor, the demeanor, the cadence, the volume, the words to speak your words to your people this day. And Lord, if there's something I plan to say that you don't want to say it, I don't want to say it. Even if it was something that was appropriate for the last hour, but not for this one. But Lord, if there's something you want said that I haven't thought of, I want to say it. So just make it abundantly clear that it's you, and I'll do my best to communicate your word to your people today. We pray these things in Jesus' name, through the power of the Spirit that lives within us, for the glory of God our Father. Amen. Um, Nate last week, phenomenal message, and he I, we were we were we were watching online, and so there was this there was this moment that he said something about the garden and about the temptation, something he had never crossed, never noticed. I've done the Hebrew work on it. I, you know, I, I've preached on that dozens of times. But it's so good to see how God gives eyes to see to different people so that you get a different taste on things. And uh, that's why we have four gospels. There's four different witness accounts of, of Jesus, and they all have their own peculiarities. Not that the story's different, but there's a personality difference. And Nate, last week, Lynn and I were sitting, she, I was sitting on one couch, she was sitting on the other, and the cool thing about watching online, I'm not saying do this if you're, if you're around, come, come here, but watching online, you can comment out loud. So, and Nate, when he, when he said that the serpent, when he came to, you know, it kept saying, Lord God, Lord God, Lord God, so God is great and he's good, and when the serpent, he only talked about him being great, just great. The great one wants this, the great one wants this. He's trying to convince him that he's not good. You remember this, right, from last week? And it, it, it immediately occurred to me because I knew I was preaching on prayer on this walking, talking part of knowing and loving God. Um, and it, oh my goodness, I never would have seen that if I didn't tune in. I never would have gotten this little epiphany um, if, if I hadn't heard Nate, this, this different piece that he brought up. And it occurred to me right then that the other thing that went wrong, and I'm sure there's more, but the other thing that went wrong when Adam and Eve are being tempted by the serpent it's not just that they were tempted to see God as not good, only as great. But the other thing that went wrong is that they had a walking, talking, knowing, and loving relationship with God. They could walk with him in the cool of the day. They had a, they had a conversation, regular after-dinner type laughter conversation with God. They could ask any question of God. They were known by God like no one's ever known anybody else. And they knew God in a way that no one else knew. And, and, and they loved him. And they were loved by him in a way that none of us have yet experienced. And when they're tempted to think that God is great, but God is not good and that God doesn't, he's trying to keep something from them. You know who they didn't talk to? They didn't consult with the one who made them. They didn't talk to God. They consulted with one another. They heard advice and wisdom from the serpent, but they did not talk to God. Now, we can say they didn't love him right then, they didn't act like they knew him right then, and they weren't walking with him, but man, the, they, they didn't talk to him. They chose in paradise to listen to someone they'd never met, tell them that the one they knew intimately, the one they talked to daily, the one that loved them and went, live, when he breathed life into the, to the man that he had created out of dirt, they chose to listen to a stranger over consulting the one who knows all. And you know what, folks? That is still the problem today. They sinned against God, and they sinned against one another. Adam, he didn't say to his wife, who was handing him a piece of Godiva chocolate, you know the story. I don't think that a woman would 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 risk paradise over an apple. <laughs> he didn't say, "Hey, honey, hold, hold, hold on a sec. Hold on, hold, hold, hold. Um, let's 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 talk to God and ask Him if this if if we're misunderstanding something." She didn't consult with God. She consulted only with her husband. So their marriage was broken. Their children, Cain and Abel, ended up one killing the other, and all the trouble, all the frustration, all the hurt, all the misses, all the selfishness, all the wars, all the grieving, all the famine, all of it, is because two people decided, we're not going to talk to God. It's not the only thing. But if they would have consulted God, do you think he would have had a good answer because he's a good God? So, if God created humanity to be in a walking, talking, knowing, and loving relationship with the one who made them, everything he's done with his people since then is to restore what we broke. And if you think you wouldn't have made the same mistake, think about every time you've said, not out loud, but you've behaved in this way, not your will, but mine be done. There is none of us there are none of us that are guiltless. We would have done the same thing. The temptation is the same. I want to be like God. And the only way to perpetually ensure that that will not be how you live is prayer. I'm going to talk about Zechariah. This is Advent, right? So it's the the anticipation of Christ's coming. Now, we already know he's come, but it's also, we, we know that he's come and he started his kingdom, his reign, but it's not yet complete. It's not yet all things are made new and all things are made right. So we anticipate his coming again. So we're going to use some gospel passages where Jesus spoke to us, in, in one in Luke, where Zachariah, a priest, who was anticipating, like all the others, the arrival of the Christ child, and he had been praying for a lifetime for one particular thing, and God granted it. But I want you to watch Zachariah's mistake. This is about John the Baptist, Zachariah and Elizabeth, or are John the Baptist, the baptizer, his, his parents. It says this, in the time of King Herod of Judea, of Judea there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife, Elizabeth, was also a descendant of Aaron, just the priestly class. So basically saying these are godly people through and through. And then it goes on. It says, both of them were upright in the sight of God, observing all of the Lord's commandments and regulations blamelessly. But they had no children because Elizabeth was barren and they were both well along in years. Once when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by lot according to the custom of the priesthood to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled people were praying outside. So they send one person to represent all of humanity to the one God of the universe where they believe he resides And the people outside are praying that God will speak, God will forgive, and God will interact. So they're trying to walk with him. They're trying to communicate with him. They want to hear back from him. They want to know him better, and they want to love him more. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel, the angel said to him, don't be afraid. Zechariah, your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear, son, bear you a son, and you are to give him the name John. He will be a joy and a delight to you. And many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink. And he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from birth many of the people of Israel will he bring back to the Lord their God. And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Now, let's just pause. We haven't gotten to Zachariah's mistake yet, but let's just pause for a second. I don't know what your, prayer, your, your unanswered prayer is. I don't know about the thing that you've sought and sought and sought and asked and asked and asked. I don't know what it is. I know what mine are. But the scripture is full of stories of God making a promise or people praying and they don't get an immediate response. But we, because this is how we, much of the way we hear God, we have this book and, and, and you can flip the page and five to 15 minutes later, you see how God came through. Here's an example. Joseph. You remember Joseph and the coat? His dad gave him the special, the Technicolor dream coat. There's a Broadway show. But Donny Osmond, okay. Um, purple socks, a little bit country. No, generational, sorry. It God gave him a vision and a dream that the moon and the stars would bow down to him. Mom, dad, sons. And and another one where stalks bent over to him. And and he was a spoiled kid. You know, he, he was this dad's favorite. And God for some reason picked this one and he said, This is what's gonna happen. And he goes and he's like, Well, hey, God told me, so I'm gonna tell my brothers. Not smart. And he went and he told me, one day you're going to bend your knee to me. And they're like, oh, yeah? So what would they do? They're going to kill him. They didn't kill him, but they sold him into slavery. Now, I want you to ask you, I mean, he gets in that, and we've all seen the westerns or the old gladiator movies, that kind of thing, where, where the wooden cart behind a couple of oxen and you got the wooden bars and, and the, the, the people that are in prison are all kind of hunched over and they're grabbing like this and they all look emaciated. I'm a, that's a picture I have of Joseph in the prison cart, okay, that's sold into slavery cart. It's not like he picked up and he drove to Florida and he's going to be there in 24 to 36 hours. He's in the back of a cart, hundreds, if not thousands of miles. You think he's going, wow, God, thanks for that vision. Thanks that, oh yeah, my brother sure are bowing out to me right now. And then he gets there and he, and as he grows, he gets in trouble with Potiphar, the leader's wife. She accuses him of doing some things he didn't do. So he gets thrown in prison. You think right then he's going... Yeah, I'm going to count on the promise of God. And then it takes, he, 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 he overcomes that and he ends up being in charge of, of, of just about everything, especially the reserves of food because the famine has kicked in all in the known world. So between 40 and 70 years after God gave him that dream and vision, his brothers come seeking food because they're starving and they end up bowing down before Joseph. They didn't know it was him. And that's when Joseph says that wonderful thing. What you intended for evil, God intended for good. 40 to 70 years for a prayer or for a promise to be kept. Now you flip it through, it might take you it might take it might take you 30 minutes from the promise to the end. Zechariah and Elizabeth had been praying for a lifetime since before they were married for a child because that is how people know that God loves you then if you have many offspring especially a member of the priestly class and so he is picked by lot not by chance he's in the presence of God and an angel the commanding officer of God's army shows up and says hey Zach God heard you. He listens. And this is what's gonna happen. Don't you think your response would be to fall on your face and say, I am not worthy, Lord, please bless. Kind of like Mary did. I'm the Lord's servant. Nope. Zechariah asked the angel, How can I be sure of this? I'm an old man and my wife is still well along in years. And the angel answered, I'm Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. And I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this gospel. Good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their proper time. We get like that. We pray and we pray and we pray. And God gives us what we ask for or gives us what we need, but it's not what we wanted or not in the timing that we wanted. See, we pray to a God who listens. But he's also a God who speaks. Are we a people who first believes that God listens And second, are you a person and are we a people who will listen to the God who speaks? See, Advent is about anticipating God finishing up and keeping all the promises that aren't yet fulfilled. Jesus coming back, not as the lamb to be slain, but as the lion of Judah. If he were to come back today, second Advent, known as the delayed parousia, Would we recognize him for who he is? And would we hear the words he speaks as the very word of God? I don't know. Zechariah was about as godly as you got. And he questioned God's word. Now, lighten it up for a minute. Jesus talks specifically about prayer in the Gospels. Now, there's a couple of different versions of what we know as the Lord's Prayer. They're very similar, but one has, for yours is the power and the kingdom and the glory forever at the end. The other doesn't. This is the one that doesn't. This is from Matthew chapter six. This is a part of what's known as the Sermon on the Mount. And his disciples are saying, God, Jesus, we we don't don't know how to pray. how, How we do this? Because all the rote over-spiritualized things that they'd been doing were more like talking to the wall than they were talking to God. They were meant to appease God and not to be pleased with God. And so Jesus changes everything. Instead of calling on the name of God, the name that can't be named, even today, the Jews, when they, when, they, when they write out the word God, G-O-D, and that's not God's name. That's just what, how we refer to him. It's G-D, because they cannot write or utter the name of God. That's how far away and how holy other God was. And he still is. But Jesus, when he tells his disciples how to pray, he doesn't say, call on God, 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 and this, this out there thing. He, he says, call Him Father. So when he's telling them how to go about praying, how to, how, to, how to speak to the God who listens, but how to listen to the God who speaks, he first tells them what not to do, and then he tells them what to do, and here we go. And when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. And I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full, but when you pray... Go into, your, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your father who's unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, don't keep on babbling like pagans, for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. Don't be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. Okay, if the Father knows what I need before I ask him, why am I supposed to pray? It doesn't change God. It changes me. Adam and Eve did not consult God, the one that they could actually see and talk to and touch. And we're all paying the price. But God, through his son, Jesus, who is fully divine and fully human, came and said, guys, talk to your daddy. Talk to God. Don't try to impress him. Don't try to appease him. He already knows. But if you talk to him, what he knows, he will help you know. He's a God who listens. And he's a God who speaks. And one other caution here for the Father knows, then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Okay, we love that about prayer. But He's all seeing. So the things we do when no one's looking, someone's looking. Now there's a beauty in that because even when we're evil, If we turn to God, he will receive us. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed or holy or set apart. That's the God, the big God thing, the great God thing. Hallowed be your name. Intimate Father, set apart, hallowed. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today, Our daily bread, that means only give us what we need today, Lord. We don't want to become so comfortable that we don't need you. It comes from the whole idea of manna. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the serpent, the evil one the one that wants to tell us that you're not good, the one that wants to talk so that we don't talk with you, the one who wants to make sure that we don't walk with you, talk with you, know you, or love you. And deliver us from the one who doesn't want us to be walked next to, talked to, known by God, and loved by God. The one creature that wants us to stay away from the one who made us is the same creature who said to them, the great one, you're not going to die. He just doesn't want you to be like him. That his tactics have not changed. And Jesus knows it. And he tells his people, talk to your father. He's great, but he's good. And then he goes on a little commentary. And it's interesting to me that this is the only piece that he offered additional commentary on this, what we call the Lord's Prayer. For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. I don't like that at all. And I don't like being the one to remind you of it. Why, why? is that the only conditional thing in Christianity? Why is if I don't forgive the person who sins against me, God won't forgive my sins against others in him? Because when I'm harmed by another, this is coming from someone who took 30 years to figure out what it means to live forgiveness. With one particular person, with one particular wrong, I suffered took me 30 years. When I am harmed by another, when I'm sinned against by another, when I'm betrayed by another, when someone considers their own interests over mine, here's why, folks. I'm going to give you gold here. It's hard, but it's gold. When I nurse a grudge, when I say internally, you don't understand, God, how much this hurt me, I'm becoming... God over someone else. I'm taking the place of judge over another. I'm judging someone else's actions. You're not going to die. God just doesn't want you to be like him. Why does God tell us that we must forgive in order to be forgiven? Because the only person your unforgiveness hurts Is you. So, if you've been slighted, if you've been betrayed, if you've been physically wronged, you want to nurse the grudge because you're justified. You have the right. You do. And Jesus says, though, that if the blood of Christ is sufficient, to forgive your sins against God, God and others, then the blood of Christ must be sufficient to forgive the sins of others against you and against God. And I'm going to tell you, folks, it is impossible to truly forgive another person who's wronged you without prayer. And I'm not telling you that because I couldn't do it without prayer. I'm telling you that because it's just not possible. It is impossible to look at another person who's wronged you and bless them without knowing the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you and him working to soften your heart and to show you one thing. You're no different. And I love you. And they're no different. And I love them. And while right now you can't love them, I get that. But you cannot judge them. I will heal your wounds. I will walk with you. And I will teach you how to live the forgiveness that you're trying to exercise. But I can't talk to you and you can't hear me if you're being God in someone else's life. And it's not that God's not speaking. It's that we can't hear him. And his entire goal in prayer is to reestablish that part, that intimacy. I can't know God if I'm not talking to and hearing from God. And I'm going to tell you, it just happens almost every time I need to preach on prayer. But the last two days in my 58 to 65 degree office, it's been like talking to a wall. Came back from vacation to some drama. My heart hurts. Friends of mine are hurting. A friend of mine died. And I'm trying to talk to God about preaching this sermon. And it's like he's not there. I felt like Zachariah or Joseph. Joseph. But there's this passage that speaks to that. It's not going to be on the screen. I'll read it slow. But Samuel, the book about establishing the, the, king, the kingship of God and his kings in, 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 in his, with his people, he says it's kind of his farewell speech. And I just, just listen close. And I want you to see this one thing that none of us ever think of. Well, I didn't. Samuel, again, like the angel, says, don't be afraid. You have done all this evil, yet you don't turn away from the Lord but serve the Lord with all your heart. And then he says, don't don't turn away after useless, you know, don't turn away after useless idols. They can do you no good, nor can they rescue you because they're useless. For the sake of his great name, the Lord will not reject his people because the Lord was pleased to make you his own. Now listen, as for me, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord by failing to pray for you and I'll teach you the right, I'll teach you the way to go. I'll teach you the way that is good and right. Did you ever consider the fact that if you're not praying for God's people, you're sinning against God? See, he's a God who listens, but he's a God who speaks. How do you forgive someone that sinned against you? By praying for them not praying that God change them or that God make them suffer or that God make them realize how bad they were, but for God to bless them, to provide for them, to bring joy and hope and peace into their lives. That's what it means. Pray for those who persecute you, bless those who curse you. This is hard. You know why it's hard? Because we broke the link between us And God. He has been forever speaking, and we have been forever unable to listen. He is a God who listens, but can we hear him when he speaks? One of the things he's saying to you, to me, talk to me about them. Pray for my people. Instead of doing this in the close, I'm going to do it now. I'm going to take just a moment. I know we're over. Well, we're not quite. We're okay. I'm trying to respect your time, the time of the children's ministry people. I want to take a second. I want to talk to the people who struggle with prayer. And I don't mean the people who contend in battle, struggle for the sake of others, who are sweating blood in prayer. I'm not, I'm not, that's not, praise God, keep it up, and please contend for us. But those of you who feel like prayer is just frustrating. I'm one of you. And I'm not just saying that because it's a good sermon ending. I'm saying, because I don't think it is. I'm saying that because it's true. My wife and I talked about prayer more than anything else in the 10 days we were gone. If you struggle for words, if you struggle like there's not, you're not connecting. I'm going to just give you two Pieces of advice. One, stop trying to pray like people tell you to pray. 1989, March I'd had the arm injury. June, I broke everything below my left knee. I was in a cast through the summer with an arm that didn't work. Finally was limping. Lynn and I were engaged. I'm walking around. I go to have a spiritual retreat. I'm at this outside of, in a western suburb of Chicago. There's this big pond at this preserve. And I'm walking around and I'm so mad at God because of these recent, most recent injuries. And I'm just I don't know how to talk to him. And I'm trying to do all the stuff people tell you, pray the prayers of Paul and all that. And that's all good for some. It's good for all at some time. But I was so angry. I said, God, I I can't, I'm not gonna do this anymore. I can't talk to you because I don't hear anything. Why? said, so from now on, I'm just I'm gonna talk to you. I'm going to talk to you like my buddy, Gary. Gary was my best man at my wedding. And I limped around that pond a couple of times that day, just talking to God like he's my best buddy. Not irreverent, but I couldn't figure out how to do it right. So I figured I'm going to do it the way God made me. So I want to encourage those of you who struggle. God knows you better than you know you. And God loves you more than you love you. And God loves you more than you love love God. So if it's a struggle to talk to God and to hear from God, start talking to him like you do someone that you know really well. Just talk. Otherwise, it's babbling like the pagans or or out on the street corner for everyone to see. He just wants to be in communion with you. I can tell you that day, it began to heal my own prayer journey. Number two... I don't get the words and the Holy Spirit shivers that other people get. You know, when people, they're praying and they're like, oh, can't you just feel God here? I'm like, nope, nope. In fact, I'm a little bored. But I do hear from God here. That's why I'm a student of the scriptures. That's why I devour them and eat them. Because God speaks. He listens and he speaks. And if you, the more you know this, it's your owner's manual, and it's a love letter. The more you get to know his character, his desire, and his love for you. So if you feel like God is listening, but he's not speaking, he's speaking. And the more you learn from his scripture, from his word, the more you learn his voice, the more his voice will be familiar and all the other noise starts to go away and God in his own way, the way he wired you, you'll begin to hear more and more the God who speaks. So all of us folks, we have a God who listens. We have a God who speaks. When you talk to him, are you hearing from him? And if not, do you want to? And if so, hear and just be still. Let's pray. Lord, give us the humility to seek you. Give us the courage to do what you call us to do. And Lord, I'm asking on your as the person you've chosen to be the communicator for your gospel this morning at this church, I'm asking for me and everybody else in the room that struggles to hear that you speak, that you reassure, that you say, I'm glad you're with me. We pray these things in the name of Jesus, his strong and tender name. Amen far be it from me to sin against the Lord by failing to pray for you. We will pray for you. Will you pray for each other? Did I turn that off? Is it on? Okay. Would you pray? I don't mean these and thou's. If that works, go for it. If you know how to use all those King James language. But can you just talk to talk to God and read his scriptures to hear his response and love one another and pray for your pastors and the leadership in your church. They have to make difficult and frustrating and hard decisions often and we need God's wisdom to do it. The Lord bless you and he has. Keep you, make his face shine on you, be gracious to you. The Lord turn his countenance toward you. Now think about this. Your Father in heaven smiles at you, and he gives you peace. And all of God's people say, amen. Go with and in the peace of Christ.